Hey everybody, this is Natalie Ford, or Mrs. Ford for some of you, and you are listening to This Book Changed My Life. If you guys don't know me, um, my name is Mrs. Ford. I'm an English teacher at Berkeley High School in Berkeley, Michigan, aka the greatest high school in the world. And I had this idea for a podcast a while ago that I wanted to interview people about a book that changed their life, or in some cases, a book that saved their life. And you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but being away from school, not seeing my people, not driving to the same place that I've driven to for 15 years, I'm feeling kind of unanchored, just kind of floating out there all alone. Well, not all alone, of course. There are four crazy people in my house besides me, but you know what I mean? I'm missing my staff members and my students big time, my community. I'm missing everybody. And I really wanted to do something to just put, bring voices from BHS, put my own voice out there, and somehow unite my community in some way, just some small way. I've always had this idea for a podcast, and now that I'm home, and I remember when I was back at school, those those three weeks, or those just those few weeks before we left, like so many of you guys out there, I had moments where I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to try this one thing with this class, but I'll get to that later. Or, oh, I've always wanted to try this like one crazy lesson plan, but I got time, I'll try that later. And then all of a sudden I was sitting at home thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many things I wanted to do, and I'm not going to be able to do those things with those students this year. So I think it's time for me to stop saying I'm going to do things later and just try it. I don't know why, but the idea that so many of us lost so much in those have lost so much in these last few weeks has made me want to take risks and just put things out there and see what happens. So this week for spring break, I'm not recording podcasts for my class for English 11 and AP Lit. So I'm trying this idea called This Book Changed My Life. Every day of spring break this week, I'm going to release a podcast where I interview one BHS staff member about a book that changed their life. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. And of course, we're going to talk about the book. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. Today we have on the pod Robin Weiss, Mrs. Weiss. She is a counselor at Berkeley High School, one of my favorite, favorite people. Sometimes I walk into her office and act like I'm one of her students and say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And she always, always, always is there to listen. So I hope you guys enjoy the first episode. And if you like these episodes, let me know. Send me an email. Find me on social media. I'm natalie.ford at berkeleyschools.org. That's my email. Um, I'm on Twitter. Can't remember my handle, but I'll put it somewhere on this podcast so you guys can find me. And if you like it, I'll, I'll keep tracking my people down, keep asking good questions. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. Robin Weiss, are you there? I am, Natalie Ford. It's so nice to hear your voice in real time. Isn't it so weird how little things like the sound of someone's voice become so special? It's really been something, actually, the last two plus three weeks, however long I've been at home. Yes. I Mm -hmm. keep... I keep, I don't want to follow my students on Instagram for a, a number of reasons, but I, I just want to like, you know, I just want to like hear the way they talk. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but like, 
I think because I podcast so much and because our lives are our normal school lives are so loud in a now I'm understanding beautiful way. I like I miss the sounds. Oh, I miss terribly like being in my office with my door open and just not knowing who's gonna stop by to say hello or come see me. That really has been a struggle for me. I know I I agree. And I've thought I've talked a lot about this on my other podcast for my students, but I've, I've said so many times, like, I'm going to do so many things differently. Like I'm going to love so hard on, (laughs) on certain aspects of the job that I, you know, I think I just have to appreciate the chaos more. And cause I think that's what I miss is just all that unpredictable stuff that comes with being in high school. Yeah. I, I, there has certainly been a void. It's not easy. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, this is a total experiment on my part, but it's something that I've always wanted to try. And again, like being in this really bizarre situation has made me realize, like, you just got to do it. You got to go for it. (laughs) And I, ironically, have always wanted to be on a podcast. So how perfect is that? (laughs) Both of our dreams are coming true. Oh, my God. Who knew it? In a pandemic. Who knew? Friday, April 3rd at 4 o'clock. (laughs) <laughs> okay so we're gonna start the show I'm gonna I want you to walk me through your reading history so t- I want to know everything from pre-reading like what do you remember if anything mm. and then like your reading phases in your youth like w- how you kind of move through you know for lack of a better word like the K through 12 world in terms of reading okay whenever uh, you're ready oh when I'm it. ready okay yeah um you know, my re like a visual, like visceral, clear memory of my reading life. I mean, I have memories growing up of being small, like elementary school, of reading books at home. Um, I certainly remember my elementary school teachers reading some things to us, but like my actual like reading life didn't really begin until my 11th grade year of high school when Mr. Corcoran, my world literature teacher, shifted everything I knew about literature and reading and the power of an author's story. Wait, pause for a sec. So you're really saying when you think about like the past in terms of reading, you don't have memories of like like reading with your like distinct memories you're saying of of reading with your parents or anything in middle school you're saying the thing that came alive it didn't come alive Uh until 11th grade so I do not have memories of my parents reading to me at night I don't think they did that they were working and they were tired when they got home I was very independent um, when I was younger and then middle school I mean I remember like reading Judy Bloom and right. Sweet Valley High but like that was just <laughs> Sweet Valley High yeah that okay, was like I'm there I'm there silly and fun right, okay. and like nothing that terribly moved me until okay. like 11th grade English Mr. Corcoran and we, okay. go ahead Sorry. no no I was just saying and what tell me his subject again world literature okay um it was 1992 West Bloomfield High School um, and it, he was just the most amazing English teacher. He made us read. And at the time, the first book we had to read in his world literature class was Dubliners by James Joyce, mm-hmm. which is short stories and 
just, I was like, there is no way that I am going to like this. What the hell did I sign up for? Why did I take this class? I could have taken a different one. And he just made it come alive in a way that just, it shifted everything I ever thought about literature and fiction. Dubliners by James Joyce. Like that is like, people don't turn to that as like inspiration. I hate to say it, but it's so funny to me that like, that's what he picked. And he, I mean, what a huge challenge to make him come alive. Um, do you remember the stories or more? Do you remember the experience of the class? Um, you know, I remember the experience of the class, like actually learning about the authors and then breaking down the characters and connecting each of the short stories inside Dubliner. So it wasn't like a traditional novel. It was a short story collection. Um, Like I remember the process of him giving us that background knowledge and us discussing it together as a class. And like, we clearly were not in, in Dublin, Ireland in 1914. Like it wasn't like we were going to, be able to like connect with like the time period but we did it just was really I was like if I can read this and it was hard then Mm -hmm. I then like oh my goodness I can really reading is way more than I thought it could be yeah that stuff is really hard Mm -hmm. um I'm intrigued to know okay so wait don't give it away yet but is Dubliners the book that changed your life no it is not the, oh, I was gonna say. the book that changed my life content wise it's like right it's, it's that was it's, my question no it is not the book that changed my life no Mm-mm. okay so before we get to that so you read Dubliners in um in high school and then just out of curiosity did you what did you study in college did you study literature like what I was did your... my undergraduate did you really yeah my undergraduate degree is in English and literature Um, I graduated with the degree having no clue what I was going to do in the world at all. Like, but there isn't a ton of stuff you can do after an undergraduate degree in English. I could have become an author or a writer, I guess, in my like fantasy mind. Um, But that clearly wasn't going to pay the bills. And I I really had no clue what I was going to do after I graduated college. But I loved literature and reading so much that, um, that's how I spent the majority of my four years in undergrad. Yeah. Um, I want to ask this question and it might take us in a, a different direction, but that's okay. Robin. Okay. So you're a, a counselor and you'll get to that journey in a sec, but have you ever thought of, um, or have you ever thought to yourself like, Oh, I need, I need a career that offers more opportunity for English and literature. Did that ever like occur to you or do you like, do you miss that aspect or are you just cool with being a reader who also has like a job that pays the bills? Well, I ended up being a seventh grade language arts teacher in Chicago. It was a very brief stint in the classroom. Um, and I couldn't teach or talk about literature in the seventh grade in this same way that I like did in college. Plus right. I, was, I was far from my family. Um, and the parts about teaching that I loved the most was connecting with my students, which is why I ended up going and becoming a school counselor. Um, But I I am very satisfied with reading just being a part of my life in the background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next, can you give us your BHS bio? How long have you been here in what capacity, et cetera, et cetera? So I have worked in Berkeley for 13 years. Yes. 13 years. 
and I've only worked as a school counselor. So my first seven years were a school counselor at Norup, um, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then it, I think maybe like my desire to talk about like more complicated things led me to the high school. And I think that mm-hmm. also reflected in my reading style. Um, and so I've been at the high school for the last six, E through K. Um, do you ever have days where you're like, ugh, put me back in the middle school or do you never, like... Natalie, I know, you know, what's funny for never, <laughs> no, I was, I know, I wonder, I cannot, I mean, I obviously think you'd be super talented at any job as a counselor, no. but you seem extremely well fit for a high school setting. I thought, well I thought middle school was like, that's where I wanted to be. And then about year six, I was like. I cannot be in middle school any longer. Like I just need, I needed bigger students and yeah, no, I never ever have looked back. I feel very lucky that I came to Berkeley when I did. Well, we're, um, we're certainly lucky to have you. I think that's so funny to to have, to think of you as a middle school person. (laughs) I laugh thinking of myself as a middle school person now too. (laughs) It's funny. I'll say this and maybe you run into this also, being at home with my own children has made me realize how much I am a high school teacher because yep. when I talk to Tatum, I'm like, just hold them, just put your hand on the marker. Like what, all of my cues, all of my cues are terrible with Tatum. And I don't, I mean, Kai, obviously we're really on the same wavelength in terms of reading. So it's not an issue with him, but right. with Tatum specifically, when I, whenever I try to cue her, I can't, I don't know how to say it. And then you watch these videos and they make everything about like being an animal or like, and then she immediately knows how to do things when other people talk to her. But for me, I'm like, just draw the line, just go put it here and like draw a straight line. Yeah. Like just draw a line, you know? God bless the elementary teachers. That is not my forte (laughs) at all. It's like a language. It's a language. Um, Okay. So Robin, tell me what book changed your life. So the book that changed my life was Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. And the reason it did was because up until then, so like my, if I started with Dubliners, then every teacher, as I was thinking and preparing for your. Oh, no, wait, you just cut out. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. We got to the meat of the conversation. Can you hear me now? Okay, wait, I think I got to call you back. Hold on one sec. Hi. Okay. I got <laughs> sorry. you back. Okay, sorry, so you, you were saying their, uh, their eyes were watching God's or Neil Hurston and go. Because when I read that, it was the first book that I read by a woman author in like, woman author when the book was considered prestigious. So if I started with Dubliners and I was exposed to all of these wonderful books that I love, they were all white male authors. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, it feels even better when I'm reading a book by a woman with amazingly dynamic characters who are also women. And that is what changed everything about how I view books. How do you remember uh, what year you were either in high school or college when you read Their Eyes Were Watching God? I was it was my first year in college. And do you remember your professor? 
Yes, Dr. Lillian Back was her name. She was a and female. She was a female. And every book we read, you know, we read classic literature, but we also read contemporary literature, like the Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver yeah. and Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Gang by Joyce Carol Oates and like all women authors. And then I was like, okay, I can, I can read anything now. And it just really changed everything. Did you have a moment? And I, I mean, if you, you know, I, I went through this too with my own journey where you didn't realize you were reading all the same type of author the whole time until somebody like put something new in front of you. Does that make sense? Like, did it make you uh, look back differently? Yes. It, it, that is exactly, I think, why their eyes were watching God changed my life because it's it suddenly like, oh, there are women who have really important things to say and everything I've loved and read up until this point that's been put in front of me, like academically has only been by a white male author with some like really surface level women characters, like no protagonist had ever been dynamic. Um, like Janie and their eyes were watching mm-hmm. God. Like I was like, oh my God, like how amazing is this? Mm-hmm. It was empowering. Um, I, I completely believe it. They actually, a couple of years ago, the 10th grade English class, I'm sure you know this, but they, you know, we have to spice up what we teach and get the, shake the sheets out of the curriculum, if you know what I mean. And um, they added their eyes were watching God to the 10th grade curriculum. And I yeah. often wonder if it's like too early. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, because the character, Jamie, she, in my mind, at least like, as a female to appreciate her, I think you have to like go through some stuff. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense to you. It does. Yes. To, to get to her mm-hmm. in terms of like what you, the content of the book. I mean, obviously it was an, I, uh, the, the books that you just said and the women that you just said, Joyce Carol Oates and um, Poisonwood Bible. Those are obviously Poisonwood Bible, huge book also, but was there something about their eyes were watching God about the content that you liked? I mean, female journey did that like parallel anything you were going through at the time that you remember I well I think I love books about relationships and coming of age stories and like how our different relationships at different points in our lives like really shift can shift us in the world I think the complexity of all of the different relationships that she had in their eyes were watching God think reflected my journey throughout college like figuring out who I was and how independent I wanted to be how much I wanted to conform to like typical expectations of what women are supposed to be in the world am I a feminist you know like all of these questions just came through that and I think that's probably why I identified with it but yeah I would agree it would it it was certainly had I read it in 10th grade, I don't know if I, it would have felt the same as when I was in my, you know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, because I think as a female, you see her and she makes a lot of mistakes. Oh, so many. And and I think as a young reader, you're like, why do you keep doing that? You know, I know that I remember thinking that when I was in high school, becoming frustrated with protagonists. And then you, as the adult, you, you love the people who make all the mistakes. Oh my God. They're my favorites. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you ever reread it? 
since then? I, I have not reread it since then, no. And I'm not a rereader because oh, I just yeah. think there are so, like, I, it's never ending how many amazing things continue to exist. And now I read really mostly just contemporary fiction and only fiction. I'm not a nonfiction reader. And I, mm-mm. That's funny. Did you did you find that you I don't want to say that you abandoned the classics, but you kind of just moved on. Did you find that shift happen as an adult or after college? Yeah. And I think um, like as a, a young single woman, when I would read like all the time, yeah, I, I could. And that then I became a mom and I had to be more selective about what I read because I was too exhausted to read um, I, and I go in reading phases, like on breaks now that my children are a little older. Yeah, I, I'll read on breaks and summer is that's why summer is one of my favorite times because I right. can read whatever I want. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now? Someone told me that you just posted something to Facebook that you had just finished. Um, the admissions. Uh, Mitchell, I think is her last name. It, it was a fictional tale about a family. Um, and the daughter is applying to Harvard and it's just really was it spoke to like all of my students experiences and like that what's really behind perfection we know is not really always the truth and it was just a really well done novel it was enjoyable and I think students would really identify with um this high school senior character Mm -hmm. Robin, do you find that you read mostly, like, a lot of stuff that you read is pretty deep, and then do you do you give yourself or think about, like, reading for just pure entertainment? And I, I don't know what that category would be for you, whether it's, like, mystery thriller or chick lit or whatever, but do you have those books that you rotate in, or are you always reading something that's a little bit serious? I'm always a little bit of a serious person, <laughs> I would say. Like, I have a sense of humor, and I find joy in pop culture and celebrity gossip, and I love The Bachelor, and, like, reality television is one of my vices, but when I'm sitting down to read something, like, I don't know, it insults me sometimes to read chick lit and stuff like that. I know there's a place for it, but it's not what I love about reading. I think it's funny that you indulge in all the in all the trashy, for lack of a better word, reality shows. But you will you are insulted by chiclet. That that's where you draw the line. <laughs> I'm a very complicated person, Natalie. <laughs> um, do you do you think that you're do that? I wonder this all the time, and I I don't want to take any data on this. But do you think high schoolers read? Like, do you think that they that they I know that sometimes that I'm so scared to ask them like in a quote public forum, like Instagram, like, what are you guys reading? Because I don't, I don't know if they want to admit it all the time. And I want to believe that they are, but at the same time, I also want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't think I was an avid reader as a teenager. I think I read what I had to read and kind yeah. of just like, whatever. Um, That's a good, but you just, know, I have the luxury of asking questions to students one-on-one, not in front right. of a whole class. And I, right. sometimes our conversations lead there more often than not, I would say that they say, no, I don't have time to read a couple students right. here and there. A couple come to mind. I won't divulge their names though. No, absolutely not. Keep it quiet. Um, I just, I also, I wonder in my mind, and this is part of why I wanted to do this, and I've talked about this on my podcast before, I wonder, like, how many of them, out of total desperation and boredom, 
will pick up a book. Oh, wouldn't just, that be amazing? I know. I, I That's like my secret dream for all of them. And why I really want to do this podcast for them too is um, I just think about how they've, they're going to try everything to keep themselves entertained. And hopefully um, even if it takes you a pandemic to pick up a book, like I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that might be one of the positives that come out of this madness perhaps. I don't know. Um, well, thank you so much for being my, my Robin, you're going to be the first guest. Stop so, it. No, you are. You're the first guest. And I'm so pumped up, pumped up that you joined me on the show today. And uh, I'm so honored you invited me and even more honored that I was your first guest. And I, I thought I was going to cry and I may because I miss, I miss school so much. I, it hurts how much I miss it. You know, what's funny is I, I miss it too. And I, what I found is I'm not great with social media. So I've learned a lot about social media in the last three weeks. And um, it's been f- interesting and funny to me how many alumni I have reconnected with because all of a sudden I'm on social media. And so many of them have said like, hey, oh my gosh, you know, I, and they've so many of them have said about um, English teacher radio. I know this isn't for me, but and I just think it's to everybody. I mean, the community for everybody just was taken out from under us. I know. And I'm having a really hard time. And if I'm having a hard time, I can only imagine what, you know, our students are going through. But I agree. I, I miss people terribly. Even we, I was on a Zoom call with our department. And like right before we hung up, we were all like, we miss, you know, people are yelling in the camera. I miss you guys. I am real. So, I know. I know it's all it's been hard but that's also like why I love reading because there's joy and beauty also mixed in with all of the tragedy and hard things that we have to go through so I'm trying to find the beautiful things yeah I mean I think you're right I think that's all you can do otherwise you'll get sucked into the vortex of terrible things that are I mean and of course it's good to be informed but that's been my big struggle Mm -hmm. on being home is just not getting consumed by the dark stuff that's out there. I just want everybody to be healthy and to get through it, even if they get sick. Yeah. What else could we wish for people? Um, Well, anyway, I'm sure people will be comforted to hear your voice for sure. Oh, I miss everybody. Hopefully if anyone needs book recommendations, just email me. (laughs) And it's funny, like people have been emailing me, you know, Facebook, social media, but I do feel like I do think the voice hearing people's voices and I know it makes a difference for me. So thanks so much. And I know people are going to love hearing your voice, Robin. Thanks Natalie Ford. This was the best part of my day. (laughs) All right. Hopefully I'll see you soon. I hope so. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.